Amen. What a powerful, powerful name. In fact, it's been funny this week as, I've, as we sang that song, I couldn't help but to think about last week, um, we did the response cards. And as a result of that, um, we had one saved last week. Matter of fact, got saved on Wednesday night uh, as a result of those cards. And so uh, we, you know, we, we're, we're grateful for that. Um, we had like 10 families, inter- actually 11 families interested in joining the church. Uh, we had um, several families in wanting to join a Sunday school or some sort of small group, had a litany of people uh, who signed up to serve in some capacity uh, within the ministries of the church. And I'm telling you, this week, Luke and I were, were talking and, and uh, someone asked me this week, said, well, this morning, said, well, how's things going? I said, you know what, I'll be honest with you, it was one of the best weeks I've had in a long time. Just watching God move uh, in his church. And this morning is gonna be a little bit of a culmination. If you were this last week, um, if you didn't listen to that message, I'd encourage you to get online and find it. You can find the podcast if you're an iPhone user. If you have an Android device on the, wherever you get those podcasts on Google Play or whatever it is, you can, you can uh, subscribe to the church's podcast on there. We put all the sermons every week. But um, this week today is kind of a continuation. Last week we talked about uh, new seasons. Uh, and how, you know, it's one of those things that kind of as a church, there's ebbs and flow in, in a church's life, in a, in, in the, in a ministry of, of a church. And for the last several years, we felt these moments where we, we felt a crescendo and for whatever reason, like it kind of hit and then it plateaued and, and it just kind of, the momentum fell off. And as we begin entering this season, I feel like we're, we're beginning to enter in one of these new, these, these seasons where we are crescendoing it in momentum where God's doing some things in the hearts and lives of his people. We're seeing it in some of the new people stepping up and saying, hey, I wanna be a part of God's work. I wanna be a part of God's kingdom. And so last week we talked about these new seasons and we looked at Exodus chapter 18 when Jethro comes and visits Moses and, and God is preparing his people for them to go into the, the promise, to, to make some changes in a new season of the life of the Israelites. And so as, as what we learn from that is that new seasons require new systems. And those new systems may be the way we do things. It may be the way that we think. It, it, it would just be some things that need to change. And I've been reading a book, a leadership book this week. And one of the things that he talks about in that book is adaptive change. And his point in that, and if I were to describe adaptive change in a nutshell, adaptive change is the basic idea that says what gets us here won't get us there. And that's true in our Christian lives. What got us to the point that we're at now doesn't always get us to the point where God wants us to be. And so sometimes it requires new systems. But new seasons also require new servants. New people stepping up or stepping up in ways that God is calling them. And, and, and we've seen that. We've seen people stepping up to be teachers. I had some responses on teacher that wanted to be teachers. And I, I read it and I was like, no way. Like I'd never had, I'd seen an interest there, but to see it and say, I want God to use me in whatever capacity that he can. But it requires new servants. It requires us to step into some gaps and to be, and to, and to, to, to be willing to, to, to do things that maybe we don't feel comfortable doing or maybe things that maybe we don't necessarily know if God's gifted us to do, but we wanna find out. We also learn that new seasons require new sacrifices. 
that as things, as, as, we, as this new season approaches, that God may ask more of us in some capacity. You know, sacrifices take on a whole lot of different things, but this week we're gonna start something new that just, it, it's tying in perfectly, and I had not planned on going here this week. In fact, I had a sermon series that Luke and I have been discussing for the better part of the last month, but instead we felt God was kind of leading us to shift gears a little bit. And so that today we're going to start a series called Restart. If you have your Bibles, you can turn uh, to 1 Samuel chapter uh, 7. 1 Samuel chapter 7, that's in the Old Testament of our books. And so if you want to start in Genesis, you can start working your way toward the middle of your Bibles and you'll come to 1 Samuel. And this series is called Restart. And this idea is that there are times in our lives when we just need a refresh. And I was thinking about this in terms of technology. You know, technology is a great thing until technology doesn't work. Uh, I almost threw a printer out my office door and into the parking lot this week. True story, I could not get it to work. I tried everything. I disconnected it, I unplugged it, I tried this, I tried that. And so I did what, you know, because that's the first thing you're going to do if you call customer service. Well, did you try resetting it? Yes, I tried resetting it. I'm calling you because it didn't work, right? You ever been through that with, with people? I unplugged it. I reset it. I disconnected it from the Wi-Fi. I reconnected the Wi-Fi. I was just to the point I was going to throw it out in the parking lot, put a sign on it that said free, and go get a new one. But then there's this great thing that came out a, a few years ago, and I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but it's called Google. And I sit down with Google and I type in wireless printer not printing. And guess what it said? Reset your, wi your wireless router. And I'm like, well, that sounds dumb. So I thought, well, if Google says it, right? If you read it on the internet, it must be true. So I reboot the, 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 the Wi-Fi router in the church. Guess what happened? Printer worked. I tried everything. You ever get that way in life where you try everything to get something to work and it just doesn't work? You try and you try and you try, but here's the thing. You go back to the very most basic thing that we ought to do and it's often the last thing we go back to. And in this text, we're gonna find that the, the Israelites had lost the Ark of the Covenant. And in 1 Samuel chapter seven, the ark is, is making, has, has made its way back in and Samuel is calling the people to reset. Now we're gonna be bouncing around a lot in this series, but this morning we're gonna look at, at, at just a few verses of scripture and look at, the most, at some important aspects of us resetting because I'm gonna guess that most of you are probably a little bit like me that we need a spiritual reset. We've got a lot of things going on in the background and we need to shut those things down and reboot with just, a, with, with, with just some priorities and focus. And so this series is gonna be a series about you know, us resetting, a time for us to recalibrate, a time to refocus. I think it's gonna be a time that for some of us, God is gonna want us to lay some things at the altar and leave them there. I think for others of us, there's gonna be times that, that God's gonna call us in the reset that we have put some things down that he wants us to pick back up again because those are the things that he is calling us to do. But above and beyond anything else today, I want you to understand this. There is no reset unless Jesus has your heart. 
If you get anything out of it this morning, it is this one truth that Jesus wants your heart and he does not want to be in competition with anything for it. 1 Samuel chapter seven, let's begin reading in verse uh, number three. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Ashtoreth from among you. These were idols that were pervasive in the city. Now, if you remember when the Israelites went into the promised land, they were commanded to get rid of all the idols. In fact, they were commanded to get rid of the peoples there because God did not want his people to be, uh, to be um, oh, what's, uh, huh? Influenced, contaminated, one of those words, whatever, by the, thank you, Frank, by these other gods, these other idols that were in the region. But if you go back and study, the Israelites failed to do that. And now it's coming back to, to get them. He says, put away these idols from among you and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Ashtoreth and they serve the Lord only. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning and God, we thank you for your word. God, as we pray every week, Lord, we thank you that it has come to us in written form. We thank you for the timelessness of it. We thank you that it is inerrant and infallible, that it is true, that we can stand on every single word. God, we thank you this morning that your word is alive and powerful. That God, even as we read these words and as we're gonna unpack them in a, here in a few minutes, God, that God, they come to life in our heart, that they speak to us in a way that is, it is as real as the feeling of the pages between our fingers. And so God, I ask and pray this morning as we read it and as we study it, as we think on it and meditate it and ponder it, God, as we allow it to, to settle deep into our souls and as your Holy Spirit teaches us and reveals it to us, God, I pray that we would have ears to hear that we would have eyes that see, that, that we would have hearts that would respond to what you have for us this morning. God, I feel like that this is a, 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 an important area, of an important time in our church. God, where you desire to do, to do something in us and do something through us. God, I'm watching as you're priming hearts and priming lives. And God, I praise you for that. I thank you for what you've done in this body. I thank you for what you've done in this church. And God, you deserve the glory for every bit of it. But God, we also have a, a sense, a feeling, Lord, that there's more that you want us to do, that there's more people that you want us to reach, that there's more lives that you wanna change, that there's more marriages that you wanna heal, that there's more souls that you wanna rescue. There's more, there's more, Lord, and that God, you choose us to have the privilege of coming alongside you to do this work. And so Father, I pray for us today, Lord, that you would, that you would help us to hear what we need to hear. That God, there may be some things in this that maybe don't direct, apply directly to us, but God, there's some principles here that we need to take away. And so God, we pray that more than anything that we would hear your voice, that he would, we would hear from you today. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. As we dive into here, there's four, there's four things that I want us to, to see in this, in, this, in this text. 
The first one is this, is this idea of returning to the Lord. And JP, I forgot my clicker, so thanks for being up there this morning. Look what Samuel says to him. He says, Samuel said to all the house of Israel, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart. Now let's stop and think about that word return for a minute. You see, I am returning to this pulpit this morning. I'm returning because I have not been here all week long, right? To return to something requires that at some point we have left it, right? Can we all agree with that? That for us to return to something, we have to acknowledge that we have left that something and now we're coming back. And so Samuel is inferring and, and, and the people are aware of it, that they have left the Lord. Now, what did God command these people to do uh, whenever, uh, whenever he released them? Deuteronomy chapter six, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You are to love God with everything you have, everything. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. And then he goes on, he says, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall teach them diligently to your children. But they had wandered away from that. They'd been influenced by these other gods and they started mixing in these other philosophies and these other cultures and these other ideas, and these other religions and, and it's starting to, to contaminate the purity of their faith. And he says, if you want to return to the Lord, if you're, now that we got the arg bag, if you're wanting to come back to him, he gives them some things that they have to do. You see, it's not as simple as just saying, well, yeah, I, I want to return to the Lord. There's some action that must take place. And he, and he begins to unpack this for them. Let's keep reading. If you want to return to the Lord with all your heart, because that's where God wants us, right? God wants our heart. But if we're going to return to him, here's what needs to happen. Then you need to put away the foreign gods and the asterisks from among you. So if you want to return to the Lord, here's what you got to do. You got to remove the idols. You got to get rid of them. Now, here's the thing. We are idol-making factories. We can turn anything into an idol. And we see it all over culture today. In fact, I would say this, that there are times that you and I can turn very good things into idols in and of themselves. Now, let me, let me point you to another passage. Stick your finger in your Bible and flip open to the very back of your Bible, the book of Revelation. I want to read something to you because I read it, and as soon as I read it, I'd read it before, but we talk about the Bible being alive and powerful. There are times you can read something one day and come back and read it the next, and it'll transform everything that you're thinking about. This is one of those passages for me. I want you to listen to what John writes in Revelation chapter 2. He's writing to the church in Ephesus. Right, So you can go through and read. There's seven churches, seven, seven things he says. But I want you to listen to this. He says, I know your works. Oh, sorry, Revelation chapter two, and then verse two. That's the little two in there. He says to, he says to the church in Ephesus, I know your works, your toil, and your patient endurance. Now, understand this, what, he, what, what, what John is writing, what God is telling him and John is writing. He's saying, you're doing a lot of good stuff. 
okay? You need to understand that he's telling them, you're doing good things. You're doing good things. Your toil, your works, your toil, your patient endurance, and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and found them to be false. He says, I know you are enduring patiently, and you're bearing up for my namesake. You are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake, and you have not grown weary. You're doing the good work. You're continuing to be steadfast. You've not gone weary. You've not fallen away. But look at verse four. But I have this against you. That you have abandoned the love you had at first. In other words, he's saying, you're doing a lot of good stuff. If I had to put it in a phrase that maybe we would be a little bit more familiar with, I would say, we're checking a lot of the boxes, right? I did this, check. I did this, check. But he's saying, you're not loving me like you did at the first. If you're married today, we kind of understand that, right? You see, if we're not pursuing our spouses, that love can begin to grow a little dim, a little cold, right? We can wake up one morning and we think back, Ashley and I will be, oh boy, 14 years this summer, won't it? 14 years of marriage, 15 years of dating. Man, it just feels like yesterday. It just feels like yesterday that I would sit for hours on the phone. This was back in the time before cell phones and she had her own line in her room that rang just to her room and I would call and we would talk for hours. You know, we would literally talk for hours and, it, and we would never get tired. And it would be like, we would do this. Well, I guess we better go to bed. Okay, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. No, you hang up first. Okay, on the count of three, we'll hang up together, right? You know what I'm saying? Like we would do that. And then, and then we don't, in, nobody intends for this to happen. But you know, you throw a couple of kids in the mix. And man, what a blessing kids are, amen? What a blessing it is to be in a church full of kids. I'll say this on top of it. When God blesses a church with kids, we have a responsibility to honor God with those children. So let's just, food for thought, that's a freebie. But God blesses us with kids. And you know what happens? You begin work and you got kids and you've, what begins to happen? It means it happened that, that unintentionally the talking for hours ends and now you're passing each other in the, in, the, in the kitchen, pouring a cup of coffee as you're getting ready to walk out the door and you're kissing each other and you're saying, love you. And maybe, maybe if you talk, and I'm, I'm not talking about, hey, babe, how was your day? Oh, it was fine. How was yours? Oh, it was good. If we talk maybe an hour a week, we've accomplished something. And folks, I'm gonna say this as a general statement. I'm afraid sometimes that our church forgets the love that we had at first. We're doing a lot of good things. We're checking a lot of boxes. But the why we do it is, has been lost on us. We say it, we all know, we do it for Jesus, right? But that affection and that passion and that zeal and that excitement has at some point grown dim. 
and we just go, we're just kind of going through the motions. We check the box and we move on. You see, sometimes those works can become the idols that we need to get rid of. Sometimes those boxes that we check and those things that we do, though good, we are more concerned with checking a box than we are falling back in, the love, falling back in love with the one who gave himself for us and that we would even be able to know what boxes we need to be checking in the first place, right? We get away from that first love and we need to return to that. Part of our reset is giving our hearts back to Jesus and not just be satisfied with checking the boxes. Because I think if we give our hearts back to Jesus, Jesus is gonna be working on that. I love that passage in Ezekiel. I think it's chapter 36, verse 26 or 25, when he says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give them a new heart and I'm gonna breathe new spirit into them. That I'm gonna take this heart of stone and make it a heart of flesh. And listen, if you're a Christian here today, you have been given that new spirit and you've been given that new heart. And Paul goes on, he says in, 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 in 2 Corinthians chapter five, I think it is, he says, listen, you are a new creation. That old is gone and the new has come. But you know what? We can be new and still become a little calloused. Our hearts can still get a little bit. It's like when you, I've never had one, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going based on what. When you go and get a, a, a pedicure, right? Is that the one where they work on your feet? I don't like people touching my feet, so I've never been. But here's the deal. You can go in there, and if they, if they take too much off, you've got new little baby feet, and when you walk, you're gonna get blisters because you're used to having calluses. But here's the thing, if we're calloused over, it is hard and it is crusty and they don't bend and flex. And that's the same thing with our hearts. Like our hearts get calloused and they don't move and they can't be changed as, as much as God wants them to because we've just become hardened. And we may need a holy pedicure. I don't, that's, not a, that's a weird thought, isn't it, Right? <laughs> But we need God to soften those hearts that become a little calloused so we can see the things that he, we need to see. And it begins with us removing our idols and saying, listen, we have placed some things in, in, in place of God where he's not first and foremost. We have placed other things and, and it may be good things, but it's our, it, may, it could be that we have in some ways placed our families on, on, our, on the throne of our hearts. We may have placed our careers on the throne of our hearts. We're making all our decisions based on our career. We're not making them based on, through the lens of scripture. We're not making them based on our relationship with God and praying about things that we ought to be praying about. We're saying it sounds good, let's do it. But we've gotta remove those idols. We've gotta get rid of those things. And so he says, listen, if you want to return to the Lord, here's what you got to do. Get rid of the idols, remove them, get them out of the way. The next thing he says is this. He says, you need to, you need to uh, repent of your sin. Look what he says. Go wherever you had your finger, go back. First Samuel chapter seven. He says, I want you to put away the foreign gods and the Asherah from among you and direct your heart to the Lord. 
Direct your heart to the Lord. Now, you've heard me say this a lot. What is repentance? Repentance is turning our back to sin and our face to the Lord. We're not, we're not kind of going back and forth. We're not, we're, not, we're not 50-50. It is to turn my back to my sin, and I'm going to turn my face to God, and I'm going to follow him. So he says, I want you to turn your hearts back to the Lord. Now, we can't do that if we're not repenting. Can't do that if I'm hanging on to something else over here. I have to repent of it. I have to confess it. I have to get rid of it. I have to let it go. I was talking to a guy this week, and you're going to hear his testimony because I've got. I've, I want He's going to share it with you at some point. But we were talking and, and having this big conversation about you know what God was doing in his life, what God was doing in his family, and he made this point. He said, he said, you know. He said, for a lot of years, he said, I, I was living with a lot of junk in my life. And he said, you know, if you, if you, if you put junk in, into your life, uh, let me read it. I, I'm, I'm going to mess this up. He says this, he says, if you fill your life with junk, guess what your life will be? Junk. Some of us are filling our lives with a lot of junk. A lot, of, a lot of enemies have, have penetrated and a lot of things are going on in here that are keeping us distracted. In fact, I would say, you know, as we talked about those response cards, one of the things was just an honest response that said, look, I've got excuses. I've just got excuses. And, it, and, and I was amazed. And I think some of, the, some of the reasons we believe those excuses, and I'm gonna borrow a phrase that Bill's been sharing a lot with me in my life, is that we believe the lies right? We believe the lies. God can't use you. God can't use me. If you knew what I did, God would never, you know, God, you know, people would just blah, blah, blah. We, we may, those, those are the excuses. Those are the lies that we believe. And you know what? Maybe we just need to confess this morning and repent of the fact that we believe those lies sometimes. We believe the lies that we are inadequate. We believe the lies that, that God could never use us. We believe those lies. But the thing is, we've got to confess. Later on in the chapter, we see the Israelites, they've gathered together and, they're, and Samuel pours out some water and the people say, we have sinned against the Lord. And I would venture to say, just because I, I know me and I know my heart and I know the human condition and you know the human condition too, there's probably some things in every single one of our lives that we need to repent of. There's probably some things that we've been holding on to. Some things that we know we need to give up, but maybe, maybe they give us some sort of guilty pleasure. What we gotta understand is we can never have a reset until we have repentance. We can't return to the Lord until we repent of the very things that are pulling us away from him. Now here's the beautiful thing that in all this, you see, we've talked about all this, the potential to return, the idea we need to remove idols, the things that we need to, you know, the, the sins that we need to repent of. But here's the, the glorious thing about the scriptures is what, Samuel says next. 
He says, direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you. You see, that's the gospel. It's not that we're sinners. It's not that we're idolaters. It's not that we need to return to the Lord and by saying we need to return, we are inferring in some degree that we have wandered away from him. It is the fact that despite all that, God still says, I will rescue you and deliver you out of the hand of your enemies. That's the gospel. That he says, despite all this, I will rescue you. I will rescue you. And this morning, God wants to rescue you. Now, this isn't a, this, this could be a lot of things. I think one, the restart, some of us need to start, right? There's not a re, it is just a start. You may be here this morning and your start is that you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That you trust in his finished work on the cross for the salvation of your souls that you begin this process of a, living a life centered around the gospel because he has rescued you. For others of us this morning, this restart implies this, that some of us need to, to, ha- to have a restart. And I'm not saying this for everybody, but some of us probably need to return to the Lord. We've been serving ourselves or serving other things for far too long. And God is calling us back to him. Some of us here, it may be the removal of the idols. For some of us, it may be the repentance of the sin. But here's the truth for all of us today. God wants to rescue you from the hand of your enemy. And he attacks us in a ton of different ways. And here's the the the. the the bottom line of it all. God doesn't desire our works. God desires our hearts. If he's got that, then he's got it all. The works will come. He will guide in that direction. But he has to have the heart. And he wants the heart. And so this morning... Do we need to return to the Lord? Are you as passionate about him today as you were the day you first met him? Are you as excited to tell other people about him as the day you were when you first met him? And as we stand this morning and we pray, matter of fact, let's just stand. We're having the musicians come. As we stand, I want, you to, I, w- I want you to bow your head and close your eyes. Just everybody, just bow your head, close your eyes. And this morning, I just want you to listen. Because we serve a God who is personal. And we serve a God who feels and thinks and acts and a God who speaks. 
And this morning, let's give God this opportunity to speak into our hearts, to speak into our lives. What is resonating with you this morning? What is the, what is the thing that, that, that your mind keeps returning back to or your heart keeps returning back to? Was there something that was said this morning that when it said that on the inside, maybe you cringed this morning, you thought, man, if anybody knew that, if anybody knew that, would you come and just leave that at the altar? Maybe you're here this morning and maybe you realize there's probably some idols that you need to remove. Would you come and leave them at, an, at the altar? And I mean, literally, you can come and you may need to write them down on a sheet of paper. And then you just leave that paper sitting here that you are signifying, God, I want to return to you and I wanna restart fresh and new. But God, in order to do that, there are some things that I have to lay down. If I don't lay them down, I'm never gonna get away from them. So maybe that's the physical act that you need to do this morning. Maybe this morning you just need to come and just say, God, my heart has become a little bit calloused. I don't respond quite in the way that you want me to. Church, hear me this morning. As God speaks to your heart, please respond. Don't put it off. That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. He wants you to say, listen, you can do this next week. You can do this tomorrow. You can do this next month. You don't need to do this right now. And I'm telling you, on behalf of God, I urge you, I beg you, I beseech you, respond to him this morning. Heavenly Fathers, we bow before you today. Lord, we are entrusting you to do the things that only you can do.